Simmons coming up. to tell us what's on your mind. If you want to try that again, hello and welcome to Driving Forces here on WBAI 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. This is Driving Forces. I'm Celeste Katz, senior politics reporter with Glamour Magazine, here with my co-host this and every week, Jeff Simmons. Jeff, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Celeste. It is a pleasure to be here with you and with our uh, lovely and talented engineer, Reggie. And uh this is a, uh, <laughs> I'm so, I'm, I'm overcome with excitement, as a matter of fact, and laryngitis. So for, uh, for everybody in Radio Land out there. Uh, yes, it is extremely cold today, as some of our elected officials have pointed out. That is absolutely <laughs> true. That is absolutely true. But it's a, it's a good day to, uh, to be here talking about what we are thankful for. And it is warmer in Florida right now. It is. It is. I have, uh, in fact, just checked that out. The, the president himself of the United States pointed out that today was uh, uh, one of the coldest, perhaps the coldest, I'm not sure, uh, uh, Thanksgivings on record in New York City for the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade, but not in Florida. So one thing we do want to point out to our listeners, in between our calls today with uh, some special guests, uh, we have a new call-in line, and that number is 212-209-2877. I know we talk often about politics and policy, and we uh, get into some interesting debates, but today we are going to focus on the spirit of giving, and we're going to talk with a few individuals uh, who, are, uh, who imbue this spirit of giving, uh, including our first guest who we'll bring up in about a minute. Uh, but I also do want to remind our listeners that this coming week on Tuesday, it is Giving Tuesday. And it is important to support, come out and support the causes that are making a difference in your life, causes you believe in. And we're hoping that one of them will be WBAI. We're hoping that you will go to our website at WBAI.org or call our pledge line on that day at 516-620-3602 to give back. And you could also start doing that right now or even on Cyber Monday if you're going to be online that day. So with that, I'd like to bring up our first guest. Earlier this morning, I was one of the volunteers uh, helping to prepare some Thanksgiving meals uh, at God's Love We Deliver. And I was able to speak with Karen Pearl, who's the president and CEO of the organization. She joined the organization in September of 2006. She has over, had over 30 years of experience in nonprofit leadership. This is an amazing organization. And as much as I'd love to tell you about it, I think she is a much better expert at this. So Karen Pearl, welcome to Driving Forces today. Thank you. It's great to be with you. And it was wonderful to see you this morning. Please give our listeners a, a sense of what God's, liver, God's Love We Deliver does. Sure. God's Love We Deliver cooks and home delivers individually tailored nutritious meals for people who are too sick to shop or cook for themselves or their families. So every one of our meals is tailored by a registered dietitian nutritionist cooked in our kitchen and then uh, put on a van and the door gets knocked with a, uh, at a client's home and 
and they get their meal not only with the nutrition but with a friendly smile. And what is a day like today like? How many meals do you prepare and deliver? A day like today, um, as God's love, is um, a really busy And what we do today, we did 6,500 traditional Thanksgiving meals, turkey, stuffing, yams, all the fixings, cranberry sauce, all homemade, fresh, fresh from scratch with uh, real ingredients, no additives, no preservatives. Um, And those meals were delivered to over 3,000 households throughout the five boroughs of New York City into Westchester and Nassau and parts of New Jersey. And Karen, maybe since uh, we're talking about uh, uh, giving and, and helping each other out today on uh, on our program, can you talk to us a little bit about the people who volunteer and how many people you have working with you and who they are and what they do? Sure. Uh, we love our volunteers. I'm happy to talk about them. So in the course of the whole year, we have about 13,000 people who volunteer with us. Today on Thanksgiving, we had 1,300, 1,300 individual people who signed up to work in our kitchen and go to 13 different centers around the city where we then uh, met them and they delivered meals to the doors of our clients. Um, And our volunteers are pretty amazing people. They're from all walks of life, from uh, theater and fashion and finance and, uh, oh, I don't know, everything in in between. And no one... Uh, everyone, I should say, can find a way to volunteer with God's Love because we are open six days a week, and we start at 6 in the morning, finish about 8 at night, um, and so something's going to fit into your schedule. And you can always feel really great knowing that what you're doing at God's Love today will have a positive impact on somebody tomorrow. So initially, you had been founded uh, more than three decades ago in response to the AIDS epidemic. Uh, the people who are receiving the deliveries, please uh, tell us a little about who they are and what uh, uh, illnesses or issues they might be facing. Sure. So we were founded in 1985, uh, 33 years ago, when our founder delivered a bag of groceries to somebody who was dying of AIDS. And they had a wonderful conversation, and she went to check on him the day after and saw those groceries were still sitting on the counter and had that kind of light bulb moment of saying, people who are this sick don't benefit from groceries. They need meals. They're, they're too sick. They can't get up. They can't stand in an oven. They can't fix. They can't cook. And so that's what got us started. Um, and today, fast forward all these years later, we learned so much from serving people with HIV that we decided we just had to expand that mission and serve people with all life-threatening and life-altering illnesses. And so that's what we do today. We serve people with over 200 different diagnoses, still some with HIV, uh, also some with cancer, heart disease, end-stage renal disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, multiple sclerosis, and you can fill in all the other illnesses. So people are very, very sick. They, um, early on in our career, we used to say that people were homebound. We don't really say that anymore because our clients today, today medicine has become much more complex and there are many, many more options for treatment. So our clients have to be able often go out of the house to go to the doctors, go to therapy appointments, go to radiation appointments, go to any number of different medical appointments. Uh, so they get out, but they don't get out easily and they don't get out for very long. 
And so when we're talking about uh, the people that uh, that work uh, with and for uh, God's love, we deliver. And by the way, again, if you're just joining us, this is WBAI 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. You're listening to Driving Forces with Celeste Katz and Jeff Simmons. We're talking to Karen Pearl. She's the president and CEO of God's Love We Deliver. Um, so, Karen, uh, in terms of uh, what you're saying about uh, the range of people that you serve, uh, you know, in a way, it's uh, I'm wondering, it's it's, you know, obviously kind of a difficult, but it's also kind of a hopeful thing. People are living longer with um, illnesses and conditions that in the past uh, might have ended their lives more quickly. Are you seeing that you are working longer with people who need your services? Are you you establishing these kind of long-term relationships with people? That's a really great question, Celeste, and I would say there's no one pattern. We have some people who are in our program for a very short amount of time. Sometimes that's for great reasons. They are in chemotherapy, let's say, and it's just knocking, knocking them out. And so we're with them. We, we're helping them get the nutrition that they need to heal as they go through that. They get back up on their feet, and they, they're so thankful, and they're uh, so happy to be back in their life, and they don't really need us anymore. That's a great story, and we love that. And some people are on our program for a short amount of time, unfortunately, because they're so sick toward the end of their life, and we help them um, get to the end of their life with great dignity and uh, knowing that they're cared for and loved. And then there's everything on the other end of the spectrum, people who are with us for a long time because their illness just doesn't go away, but they still need nourishment to do as well as they can for as long as they can. And then I guess the third pattern would be people who do really well for a while might have a relapse. You know, they go off our program, they might have a relapse, and they come back on our program, and there's a little bit of a cycling. So there's no one, one way that this happens, uh, but what we do know is that God's love will be there for our clients for as long as they need us, when they need us, and when their uh, medical provider says getting nutritious, tailored food is part of their overall care plan. So, Karen, a bit earlier we talked about uh, the number of volunteers, and it's not just about showing up on Thanksgiving morning, but throughout the year. What are some of the opportunities, and how can people get involved if they would like to volunteer? um, Thank you for asking that. So God's Love does need volunteers, as I said, six days a week around the the year, because um, we are feeding people every day, basically. And so lots of opportunities to work in our kitchen. We teach you what to do. If you've never even picked up a knife or a potato peeler, don't worry about it. We will help. We will teach you. And um, we will guarantee that you have a wonderful time. There's something magical about working around the kind of proverbial kitchen table uh, with people. And people literally develop lifelong friends by volunteering at God's Love, and they look after one another, and develop a very strong community. So you can volunteer in our kitchen. You can volunteer, and this is something we always need help with, um, on our vans. You can help be a delivery volunteer uh, in a van with one of our paid drivers who's doing the, dri- the actual driving. But often the volunteer is the person who runs up to the door and delivers the meals to our clients. You can also volunteer to work in our offices. You know, some people say, well, you know, I need something 
whatever. I don't like to stand at the kitchen table or I don't like to run around uh, delivering, but I have these other skills that I'd like to use. And so we have volunteer opportunities in our finance department, in our client services department, all throughout the organization uh, because we really value the volunteer time. And it's not only meaningful to us at, at God's Love in terms of running the organization, but very meaningful to our clients. And in terms of volunteering, you know, sometimes um, people might think that they'd like to get involved with volunteer service, or they do it maybe, uh, you know, for a special occasion, for a, a fundraising drive, for a holiday. Um, what would you say about people who might want might want to volunteer but might be concerned about how much time they would have to commit? Are there sort of parameters for, for how much or how little time people need to give in order to get involved? There, at God's Love, we welcome volunteers, and we welcome volunteers for as much time as they have to give. So we have volunteers who are with us two or three times a week throughout the year. And then we have a lot of people, particularly through corporate service days, but, in gen- but it can just be as an individual, who come once a year, come once a year for a three-hour shift, and we're grateful for their service. We uh, really value the volunteer hearts and hands and uh, don't have a minimum. We do have, you, you need to have more of a commitment, for instance, if we're going to teach you how to work with our clients, obviously. That's not a great thing that, to do for three hours. But there are lots of opportunities, including some new crafting opportunities at God's Love, uh, for you know, doing birthday cards for our clients, because on their birthday, every client and every one of our clients' children and senior caregivers, who we also feed, by the way, get a birthday cake. That, and it comes with a um, handmade birthday card. So, that, again, the person knows they're not alone. They're cared for. And uh, we are one, helping them to celebrate moments of their lives, even if they're in the midst of struggling with illness. And, Karen, please remind our listeners of the website if they'd like to learn more information about God's love. Sure. You can find out lots of information about us at GLWD. GodsLoveWeDeliver.org. Either one works. Karen Pearl, President and CEO of God's Love We Deliver, thank you for joining Celeste and me here on Driving Forces today. Oh, you're welcome, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You, you as well. Thank you. And thank you for volunteering today, Jeff. Thank really you. I, I, I was very happy to be able to ladle the gravy and not spill it today, so <laughs> that was good for Triumph. me. Triumph. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. So... This is, I think, my 15th year, uh, even after... Yeah, I, I remember you doing this for years and years and years, well, uh, which is which is awesome, which I commend you for completely. You know, I had started uh, midway through while well, working with Bill Thompson in the controller's office, and we did this every Thanksgiving. And even after, uh, in 2009, he lost in election versus Bloomberg, it was only a few weeks later, and he's like, we're going back, right? We're still going? Like, which was so heartwarming to me, because right. I know, you know, all the TV cameras are there. It was wonderful to see Kirsten Cole there from uh, PIX11 this morning she's been there for years but uh what was really heartwarming were all the volunteers that i recognize who are there every year it's such a dedicated crew well that's 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 cool and that's one thing i wanted to ask uh when we were speaking to karen from uh god's love we deliver um was you know i guess some people uh think they might like to volunteer they might like to get involved in these kind of programs but maybe they don't have 
enough time and so on a lot of these programs are are very happy to to get as you know uh, even a few hours of help or even a, a single donation um, I, I hope that people don't think that just because they can't commit to being somewhere like every week or you know several times a week that doesn't mean you can't be helpful it's certainly uh, uh, certainly worth checking into uh, any of these programs God uh, God's love we deliver uh, and some of the others we're going to be actually having a, another um, interesting challenge already coming up uh, that we're going to be talking about um, in just a bit. And I just want to remind our listeners, uh, our next guest will be on in about five minutes. But before then, if you would like to call us and let us know what you are grateful for, that new listener call-in line is 212-209-2877. Again, that number is 212-209-2877. So, Celeste, I see one thing you're grateful for on your Twitter. Uh, Is this Pebbles? That is Pablo. Pablo. Happy Thanksgiving from someone who's always ready to eat. How old is Pablo now? Pablo is nine years old now, and his older sister, Pebbles, is 15 years old. So uh, two two dachshunds, very thankful for them and and their antics every day. So we're as our listeners uh, probably have figured out from the last few uh, episodes, if we reference a, a Pablo or Pebbles or Bruno or Stella, those are our pets. We're uh, very fierce dog lovers. Uh, yes, that does not mean that you cannot call in though. Yeah, if especially you if like, you're a cat lover. If you like, yeah. Okay, sorry. Okay, the uh, the number for cat lovers is been disconnected. No, just kidding. Our new number. But seriously, put this in your phone. Write it down, uh, because we do have a a brand new listener call in number. That's two one two. Two zero nine two eight seven seven. You're listening to Driving Forces here on WBAI ninety nine point five FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. So in a few moments we will bring on the next guest. Uh, who is on the line? Great. Oh, cool. Uh, Celeste, would you like to introduce the next I guest? I would. You know what? I'd like to. I'd like to introduce the next guest, Jeff. Uh, our next guest here on Driving Forces is Heather McGreevy. She's the, uh, the Director of Immediate Needs and Public Spaces at New York Cares, which meets pressing community needs by mobilizing New Yorkers in volunteer service. It is a pleasure to have you on the show, Heather. Thanks for joining us and happy Thanksgiving. Hey there, Celeste. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, So maybe we should just start off. Can you tell us a little bit about New York Cares and what it does? Yeah, sure. Uh, So New York Cares is New York City's largest volunteer management organization. We have been around since 1987, and we partner with about 1,400 nonprofits throughout New York City uh, to meet those pressing needs that you were talking about. Um, So... We mobilized about 64,000 volunteers last year, and we really believe that the challenges that we face as a community are solvable, but only if we all choose to do something about those challenges. So New York Cares has, you know, I was looking at the website, and New York Cares has three three key issues that I've noticed, and uh, volunteers uh, devote their time and talents to improving education, to meet, uh, meet immediate needs, but also to revitalize public spaces. Can you give us some examples of how you meet those needs? Yeah, of course. I feel like New York Cares volunteers are kind of like do-good ninjas, so you'll find them undercover everywhere. You'll see New York Cares volunteers at your local park weeding and planting flowers. Um, You'll find them at local public schools giving the space a makeover. Um, Later that day, you'll see them preparing high school students for the SAT through a tutoring program. 
Um, and you'll see New York Cares volunteers feeding New Yorkers experiencing hunger and spending time with seniors who don't have family or friends nearby. Those examples are really only a small taste of the over 1,200 projects that we have available each month. Um, and we really do focus on those three issue areas because we feel that they highlight the largest need in our city. So, as, and as new needs emerge, you know, I work with a lot of nonprofits and the, they're always mm-hmm. adjusting and evolving to meet the new needs. What are some of the new ways that New York Cares is helping New Yorkers this year? Uh, one of the things that, that um, has come up recently is that there are over 100,000 children experiencing homelessness or a non-permanent housing situation in New York City public schools right now. So we are partnering with the Office of Community Schools um, to provide schools with a more holistic support approach um, through our school success initiatives. That includes focusing on parent engagement, providing recreation opportunities, um, and of course meeting immediate needs by providing children a coat through our coat drive, which is happening right now. And that segues into the key reason I thought we have to have you guys on today, because (laughs) this time of year, that is something I'm always cognizant about. Tell us about the Coat Drive. I know it just launched about uh, uh, November 13th, and it goes on through the end of the year. What do you look for? How much do you collect? I got a ton of questions. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the Coat Drive is particularly pertinent today. I think it feels like 12 degrees outside right now. Um, So we have requests for over 130,000 coats which is the most requests ever. Um, And as one in five New Yorkers struggle to make ends meet, their most basic needs are a reflection of this struggle. If it feels like 12 degrees outside right now, imagine going outside without a coat because you couldn't afford it. Imagine having to make the choice between feeding your child or making sure that they're warm. It's an impossibly difficult choice, one that we want to make sure New Yorkers don't have to make. And that's why the coat drive exists. I believe that we can get to 130,000 coats, but we can only do it if listeners check their closet and get a coat to us. Um, and if you don't have a coat to donate, you can also text 41444. $20 gets a brand new coat to somebody who needs it. So you're saying 130,000 requests. How do they come in to you? Say if someone needs a coat and is listening today, how do they connect with you? Yeah. Um, so our agencies head online, um, and they request coats um, through our online application system. Um, Then they come to our Midtown Warehouse and pick up those coats, and those coats go to a local um, neighborhood distribution center. So we we try to make sure that no matter where you are in New York City, there's somewhere nearby where you can get a coat. Uh, If you head to our uh, website, newyorkcares.org slash coat-drive, there's information on where you can find a walk-in or a distribution site. Um, You can also call us at 212-402-5000, and we can direct you to uh, whatever that local distribution site is. And if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking with Heather McGreevy of New York Cares. They are the people who, they do a lot of things, but most famously, they are the people who run the big coat drives. This is Driving Forces here on 99.5 WBAI and streaming live at WBAI.org. So, uh, Heather, as you mentioned, yeah, it is, uh, I'm looking at the uh, looking at the weather report right now. It says 27 here in New York feels like 17. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty uh, uh, pretty brutal to, to be out there without the, uh, the proper clothing. Um, wanted to ask you, obviously, everybody has needs. You have needs all over the city. But are there specific needs, um, uh, 
in terms of the coat drive, uh, little kids, men, women, uh, what what are you looking for? So if people are listening to BAI, they know uh, what to look for in their homes or, or how to help out. Definitely. So our greatest need is children's coats and men's coats. Um, interestingly enough, we're also seeing an increased need for infants' coats. Um, from a geographic perspective, we have the most requests coming from the Bronx and Brooklyn. And, is it- and if somebody is looking to donate a coat, uh, if it is a coat that you would wear, something that is gently used, those are the kinds of coats that we look for. And that's what I was going to get to, what type of coats. But also, is it just coats? What if people you know, have scarves or gloves or other things? Or is this something where you work with other agencies or other nonprofits that can take custody of those items? We just collect coats. Um, So if you have those other items and you would like to donate them, we have a referral list on our website, newyorkcares.org, and you can select an agency that will accept them. We have the contact information there, what kind of things that they accept. So that's the best way to get them directly to someone who needs them and those that can use them. And you also run a holiday gift drive, if I'm correct? We do. This is one of my favorite programs. It is our Winter Wishes program, uh, where children, teens, and seniors write a letter requesting a gift for the holiday season. Um, And volunteers are then matched with these letters. Our letters were matched at a record speed this year. We matched over 30,000 letters within weeks. Um, And one of the things that I find so touching about the program is very often we will have children writing in not for a gift for themselves, but a gift for their parents or a gift for their siblings or a gift that is something so very tangible, like I would like to have socks to keep me warm this season. So I super, super love the Winter Wishes program. So I noticed on your uh, Twitter feed that you had said that a few years ago you wrote about uh, a blog piece in which you had 54,000 reasons to be thankful that year, but now that number has grown. Can you tell us a little about that? Yes, I can. Um, So in my former life at New York Cares, I was part of the volunteer relations team. Um, And so at that time, we had 54,000 volunteers. And I really saw them as so many ways to be hopeful about our city and hopeful about the people that were engaging with us. Um, And that number has swelled. Uh, So I feel like I have all of the more reasons to be grateful uh, this year more than ever. Um, I, I just out of curiosity, considering um, sort of the pardon me the the way we um, uh, the way we do business now and the way we interact now, so much of it is online. Um, the idea of the physicality. I remember uh, being a kid in school and bringing canned food, say, you know, to a, a box or a container at the front of our school around the holidays. Um, do you find that uh, people more prefer to donate online uh, financially, or is there still something about the, the personal the personal interaction of, of giving something that you have worn or owned to somebody who needs it? I think there's something really personal uh, about that experience. So, Say uh, your mom gave you a coat for Christmas, and you've had lots of great memories with her um, wearing that coat. Maybe you went ice skating with her, or you know, maybe you just got to take a stroll or pick out a Christmas tree or whatever the case may be. That coat will have lots of warmth attached to it for you. The human connection, that's not something that we can replace. 
And so being able to share that with someone, I think, is really meaningful. And, and really, it's, it reflects neighbors caring neighbors and saying, like, hey, this kept me warm. I hope that it does the same for you. I, I think there's something really powerful about that. Yeah, really, I like the uh, I like the idea of that. And again, if you're just uh, if you are just joining us here on WBAI, we're talking about uh, volunteerism and being thankful. And right now with us is Heather McGreevy of New York Cares. We're talking about uh, their big coat drive and uh, something especially needed this, uh, in fact, this very day, which I believe our uh, Reggie, our engineer, said this is the coldest Thanksgiving since 1901. Is that? Is that right? That sounds right. Yeah. 1901. So, so Heather, I like the idea of what you're saying because you know what? I bet I and and a lot of people maybe who are listening, you know, maybe have something in our houses that not only maybe we're not wearing, but you know, has sentimental value that we're hanging on to that could really help somebody else. And that's an interesting point you bring up. And so we've got about an, uh, just a few minutes left, Heather. Um, if people, we're talking about individuals who might want to donate a coat, but if people want to start a collection to support New York Cares, what advice do you give them? What should they do? Starting a coat collection is really easy. Both starting a collection and donating a coat is super, super easy. So uh, we have a list on our website, a map of public collection sites. You can check out that map. Uh, and locate a public collection site near you. This also includes the NYPD precincts. So, you know, there, there is definitely, definitely a location where you can drop off a coat that's convenient and nearby. If you would like to start a collection, say you want to rally your friends and neighbors, then come on, guys, I, I think that we can get to this 130,000 number. You can head to our website, newyorkcares.org, um, click on the main page uh, for Coat Drive, and hit uh, Start a Collection. Um, there you'll be provided resources and materials that you can print out directly at home, uh, and you can start a collection from there. So it is super, super easy. And as we head into 2019, after the Coat Drive concludes, uh, just give our listeners an idea of some of the other volunteer opportunities that might be on the horizon if they're considering, you know, at, by the end of the year, you know, much like uh, Celeste here, we're all making New Year's resolutions on how we can be a better person. Uh, so what are some of the things that if people would like to get involved with New York Cares next year, what are some opportunities that might be there? So I would say Thanksgiving is a day where we get to be particularly reflective on the things that we're grateful for, um, and it can supercharge us with lots of motivation. Um, but the need exists all year long. So if you're feeling like you want to honor the things that you're grateful for, head to our website, newyorkcares.org. Um, and click on Become a Volunteer. I highly recommend checking out our tax preparation program if you're looking to make a really high impact in a short amount of time uh, or one of our early morning reading projects. You know, there's really no better way to start your day off than setting the building blocks for a child's future. Um, and it's so easy. It doesn't matter where you are or what amount of time you have. You can volunteer with us as much or as little as you're able to. Heather McGreevy, thank you very much for joining Celeste and me here on Driving Forces today, and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for having me. I so appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Same to you. So, Celeste, what are you grateful for? What are you thankful for? I'm grateful and thankful for you, Jeff. And the reason that I'm spending so much time thinking about how I could be a better person making those resolutions, and you're not, is because you couldn't be a better person, Jeff. (laughs) Jeff Simmons, host. 
co-host of Driving Forces here on WBAI 99.5 FM. Um, no, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for my, my family and my friends. Um, thankful, obviously, for Pebbles Cats and Pablo Cats, two very good dachshunds. Probably the best dachshunds. I, I don't know if you want to call in and, and uh, disagree with me about that, of course. 212-209-2877. Um, I am grateful to you specifically, though, seriously, because... Um, We've been doing this show now for about what two months. Reggie, Reggie thinks it's it seems more like a decade. But. He, I, I'm surprised he thinks it's it, it's uh, only that that short period of time. I'm sure, every every moment with us is like a year. Um, that is never, that's that's how my father explained the theory of relativity. Right? It's when you're uh, when when you're sitting next to somebody cute, uh, an hour is like a minute, and when you're sitting on a hot stove, a minute's like an hour. Which does bring me to something, because you mentioned your father. Uh, we talk about, you know, tune in to 99.5 FM, but your father and your mother listen, and they're not living in New York State, because you can also listen to us online on WBAI.org. That is correct. That is correct. For the, uh, uh, Certainly New Yorkers, most of their lives, they have moved to uh, a place where it does not, uh, the real field temperature is not 17 degrees. Thankfully, I'm not, uh, I'm not missing the idea of my parents shoveling snow, and I'm sure my mother's listening to this program right now and wondering what is wrong with my voice. So, Ma, if you're listening, happy Thanksgiving, and I just want to let you know it's. I feel totally fine. I'm just working. I know you like... My mother happens to favor, actually, um, gravelly-voiced, sort of scratchy-voiced singers like um, Kim Carnes and uh, uh, Bonnie Tyler. So I'm you're dating yourself, but yes, I yes, I, I am. So so I just so my, I just I just wanted you to you know, uh, I just wanted you to enjoy the program in this in this special way on this uh, special Thanksgiving edition of of Driving Forces. So I've been uh, kind of checking the uh, hashtag thankful on Twitter uh, to see what you know people are saying. There's obviously a lot of thanks for friends and family. Uh, for good health. And that's, you know, one of the things I'm incredibly thankful for is that, you know, in this midterm in my life, uh, that I've uh, been able to stay in good health uh, for the most part, you know, as we age, get, get a little slower. Uh, you're but, not, you're not that much. I've known you for a long time, man. You're, you're a little slower. Maybe I, don't know, I think, I think you're all right. So one of the things I'm also thankful for is, you know, from my work, I get to work on a daily basis with a number of nonprofits. So throughout the year, I see all the good that they do, but not kind of even from just the top down from the leadership, but really from the program participants. And, you know, I think of one organization, the Alliance for Positive Change, and how a number of people over the last 28 years who've come to the organization seeking help. It started to help those with HIV AIDS. Now it's chronic, uh, chronic illnesses as well as substance use. And a lot of those people, as they are making change, go on through this acclaimed program to be trained to go out into communities and to educate others on on healthcare and just how to take care of themselves better and how you know how to ask for help and how to find a community and it's all those program participants that you know I'm thankful for that they exist and it's not just there it's most of the organizations I work with have these these armies you know Heather talked about the 65,000 volunteers that they have it is amazing to see some of these nonprofits and the people who walk through the door because all they want to do is say you know I'm I'm fortunate I've got something in my life that makes me feel like I I, I'm enriched and I want to give back. 
that's um, and it, it sounds it may sound kind of corny, frankly. I hope it doesn't, but uh, too bad because I'm uh, already in progress. But um, I'm also thankful for uh, the people who volunteer here at WBAI. I think community radio is a really important source of news. It's a source of different viewpoints um, than you might get, say, from. Uh, the so-called mainstream media or uh, from even big commercial stations. Uh, I do some work in, in uh, other radio formats, uh, satellite radio and so on. Uh, uh, Jeff, you came out of uh, television. We both came out of newspapers. So um, I think that uh, community radio or listener-supported radio is also a really important way for us to tell stories and to hear from people that we might not always hear from otherwise. So I am, I am legitimately grateful for that. And, you know, I'm going to segue into our pitch because, you know, we did this at the start of the show. And I just want to remind our listeners that it is Giving Tuesday coming up. It is the giving season. And if you do value WBAI the way we do, please, over the next few days, call our pledge line at 516-620-3602 or go online at give to that's the number two, WBAI.org and make a donation. Or you can do what Celeste and I have where we have become uh, BAI buddies where we give a monthly donation. It could be as low as $5, $10 a month. Uh, you get a tote bag. Uh, you get discounts. There are a number of discounts. You should check it out on the website at WBAI.org. But you also are supporting, you know, supporting this station being able to stay on the air. Absolutely. So we're just going to give uh, we're going to give that number one more time. This is our pledge line. So please uh, consider becoming a WBAI buddy. In fact, you can become if you want. No pressure, no pressure. But you can, in fact, become a WBAI buddy in the name of this program, Driving Forces. So the pledge line number, if you want to uh, get ready to put it in your phone or get a pen, it is 516-620-3600. Zero two five one six six two zero three six zero two. And in just another uh, few minutes, we're going to bring up our final guest of the day, which is a, a student in a program that I have worked with. I've not met the student before, though we talked a few days ago about what she is up to, which is just I wish I were uh, this inspi- had this inspiring a story when I was in high school. Uh, but I, you know, don't even want to tell our listeners yet what it is because I really want her to talk about it because she's really, uh, she saw a problem and she said, here's something I want to do to be able to help others. Uh, it's something I can give back. Uh, but uh, the program she's in actually is uh, one of the nonprofits that I work with called Breakthrough New York. And what they do for free mm-hmm. is they, uh, they take low income, high achieving students that are kind of sort of like that middle group of students that they're not... Um, they're smart enough so they're not getting those extra resources in schools, mm-hmm. but their parents often are not able to afford to give them all these extra supports to help them get into uh, better high schools. They've got the talent. They've got the, the drive. Uh, and this program, which I think they're about almost about 20 years old now, wow. uh, helps them get from sixth grade, from the moment they finish, all the way now to and through college if for free. Think, yeah, and, and that's, um, to me it sounds that sounds like an amazing program because if you think about sort of the – the business of getting into these schools, I mean, not just the incredible expense and so on, but uh, the idea that you could have a kid who's really smart and really motivated and would totally benefit from, say, like uh, prep courses and tutoring courses, but, you know, these things cost money. The idea that there's a way to help people who uh, who can really benefit and thrive with, with just that little bit of extra support, that's a great idea. 
So we have our final guest on the line today. Uh, our final guest is Rukhaya Sharmi. She is a senior at Bronx High School of Science, and she's a student in the Breakthrough New York program that I just mentioned a few moments ago. She is a stellar example of a student who recognized a problem in her community and then responded by creating an organization that is helping others. Rukhaya, welcome to Driving Forces. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. And happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us today. So I have purposely not said anything about what uh, you have done about your organization. So can you tell us a little about the organization you founded? What was the problem you saw and what did you decide to do about it? Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, So the organization that I founded is No One Gets Left Behind. And uh, uh, we strive to help people who don't have permanent housing further their education. So basically, the problem that I saw is that when you're living in a shelter, education tends to take a back seat and you tend to focus on like, oh, how do I you know, get a job? How do I make money? Things like that. And we want to change that because education can, education can help open many doors. For example, we, have, we help adults with GED tutoring and many jobs that require high school diplomas would be easier for these adults to um, to actually, you know, apply for these job op- uh, for these jobs. And we also help students uh, in grades K through 12, you know, do their homework after school and just, you know, academically catch up because they haven't, um, they're not at their grade level. So tell us a little bit more about how you realized that this was uh, a need that uh, that deserved to be filled. Tell us sort of how you how you came to uh, to create this organization. Uh, well, I co-founded it. So my friends and I, we actually got together and we put together a curriculum because we realized that uh, besides school, we need a like an education to solidify uh, our like our understanding of what we learn in school. So what we did was that we realized that even if you don't have permanent housing, kids tend to go home and not do homework or not understand what they do, like, do in school. So you wanted to change that. And the best community to make this change in is, people, is for people who live in shelters. And we, uh, I didn't really go to the best middle school, and I've always wanted to stand on equal footing with those who do have a good education. And I started tutoring at the beginning of high school before we started NOGLB. And I realized that this specific group of people would really benefit from being tutored rather than people who do uh, um, have a good education and have a good background at home. And maybe your um, maybe Rakai, your story could be uh, helpful to parents or, or young people who are listening to driving forces right now. You say that you didn't go to what you would consider the you know the best middle school, but you go to science, which is one of the best schools, uh, certainly one of the best schools in the city, probably in the entire country. Um, so how Definitely. did how did you uh, how did you um, uh, get from going to a school that maybe wasn't you know. Uh, making the most of your potential to getting to where you are today? What kind of help did you, did you ask for or did you, uh, you know, did you get from mentors and so on? I definitely had help from Breakthrough New York. They helped me with SHSAT tutoring. Um, I know the SHSAT is a big thing nowadays in the news. You hear about how people are uh, rigged to pass the test. If you have money, you get to, you know, afford tutoring and you'll pass the test that way to get into these specialized high schools. Well, I didn't have money, so I couldn't afford, like, tutoring to get into Bronx Science. But Breakthrough definitely helped me uh, take practice tests, you know, 
do have homework at home that will help me, you know, practice for the, like, you know, practice leading up to the test to get into Bronx Science. And I think that's definitely very important. We do have an SHSAT student at uh, the shelter we're currently working at. And it doesn't really matter what background you come from. If you can find the opportunity to make the most of your potential, as you said, you can go anywhere. So, Rukai, you mentioned that you and your friend had started this. Uh, how do you get other students involved, and what does the future hold? So, my friend, she goes to Stuyvesant, and I go to Bronx Science. So, our tutors come from these schools, and we have a very rigorous um, application process. We have, like, many questions. We look at grades. We want, like, the best students to tutor uh, the students at the shelter as well. So... We've been recruiting tutors for um, from these two high schools, but we're definitely looking to expand. We don't just want high school students to you know, be involved in this. And we also want people to start knowing that stuff behind in their own communities. It's just not uh, a thing that, like, people can definitely go to their local shelters and be like, hey, we want to help out. Can we tutor here? We should make sure that uh, we give your friend a shout-out. What is her name? Her name's Anna Pacheco. She's currently attending Harvard University. And so you're a senior in high school right now. So uh, obviously Breakthrough in New York you know, has evolved uh, to get students to and through college. What are you looking, you know, you're going to be graduating in a few months. What's going through your mind? What do you want to do? I really want to go into business. I've actually done a few internships through the help of Breakthrough for the past two summers. And I realized that business is like my passion. And I really want to go to um, University of Michigan Ross and Baruch, two schools I'm looking at at the moment, and that's where I'm headed. Yeah, this is where I hope I'm headed. Both very good schools. And from talking with you uh, earlier this week, you mentioned as well, uh, in terms of no one gets left behind, that beyond just an expansion in New York City, you're also envisioning maybe branching out to other cities as well? Yes. Uh, my friend Anna, she's currently in Massachusetts, and she's looking to help students uh, in Massachusetts as well. So Massachusetts doesn't use a common core curriculum. So we're trying to uh, you know, use the curriculum that we use for our students at the moment and change it so we can gear it towards Massachusetts kids as well. And um, Anna's also looking to expand um, into schools as well and have after-school programs because cur currently, especially at the elementary and middle school level, people like kids don't have enrichment programs after school, and she's looking forward to change that. So I, I guess we should ask, uh, given that it is Thanksgiving Day, uh, are you uh, thankful in particular for anything that you've learned through this experience or uh, been able to do to, to help other people who are, are, uh, are trying to improve their, their situation in, in education and life and so on? Uh, working at the shelter, I've realized that many of these kids and adults don't have a support system at home. And I'm very, very thankful for my parents because they always were invested in my education from a young age. And I love them for it. And where, where can people find out more about, about the work that you're doing if they want to uh, find you online or on social and, uh, you know, maybe help you expand, uh, expand the program out across the country, as you say? Uh, we have Instagram. We have NOGLB2018, so if you guys could follow us, that'd be great. And what we'll do is we'll post that on our Driving Forces Facebook page as well to be able to direct people there for you. Uh, Rukaya, I'd like to thank you very much for joining Celeste and me here on Driving Forces today. Best of luck with the organization as well as with your plans to go to college. 
Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. So uh, we have a few minutes left in the show. Wanted to just give our new listener call in line. If you are listening, if you have finished your food for the day and stopped watching football, I'm assuming there was a game on. Uh, Reggie, was there a game on? Uh, yeah, but I'm not watching. Yeah, you've, you've, been, you've been here all day. <laughs> uh, I, I, I haven't been watching football since the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, so I, I, I've been consciously not been paying attention. Yes, there is a football game. I have no idea who's playing. Okay. Uh, so if you are listening. That makes three of us. I also have no idea who's playing. If you are listening and would like to call in in the next few minutes, the number is 212-209-2877. One thing I did, though, want to bring up, because it was the first thing I saw on my Twitter feed this morning. It was a bit of a shock, and I know in my community. Uh, I thought the first thing you was- saw on your Twitter feed this morning was Pablo saying he wanted something to eat. Yeah, well, that was that was in there too. But on a more serious note, okay. was the uh, the passing uh, overnight of uh, New York State Senator Jose Peralta, who I passed can't away. Believe. Uh, I cannot at age believe. Forty-seven. So young, Whoa. forty-seven. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I remember covering Jose Peralta since he was in the assembly. The the whole uh, uh, the the whole thing really is it, it really is stunning. It really, you know, uh, hard hard to even find words to uh, to explain. Uh, that's something you know how shocked how how shocking that is yeah and a number of elected officials have been offering their condolences today his competitor in the race uh jessica ramos had offered condolences yeah. the governor uh, had called him a dedicated public servant and a relentless advocate for queens and he also called him a pioneer as the first dominican american elected to the new york state senate so our condolences uh to his family uh, absolutely absolutely uh somebody who uh um this uh maybe we'll just take one moment to read the statement from uh from the senator's office uh uh state senator jose peralta died at 9:23 p.m at elmhurst hospital on wednesday evening the senator's family asks for privacy as they grieve we are deeply grateful for the outpouring of support and love we've received amid this heartbreaking loss. So again, just uh, if, if you are listening, uh, maybe this is somebody that, uh, that you uh, had as your own representative, uh, somebody that you uh, voted for, somebody that you saw in public life, but um, uh, from, from the both of us, certainly, uh, uh, condolences to the family of uh, Jose Peralta in the, um, uh, after his very untimely death. Yeah, as one of the uh, uh, the chief of staff for an elected official in our district, she had posted on Facebook, and it really is a good time to reflect. She said, on this day of thanks, take the time to cherish your loved ones, be it family, friends, or in her case, uh, because she has cats or her fur babies. But in more serious, <laughs> uh, more serious note, yeah, yeah. it is a time also just to reflect on you know, on your life. I mean, look, this period where, you know, the next, uh, what, month, as right. we see family, as we see friends, as we consider the new year, and, you know, many of us do make our resolutions. Sure. Uh, you know, it is it is a time to hold those close. And and look, I think it's I think it's okay to say it. I think it's okay certainly to say it here on on WBAI for uh, sort of the you know modern day American Thanksgiving is not a day of celebration uh, in in uh, you know the same way for a lot of people. For some for some people, uh, the holidays is more commercial and less about uh, thankfulness. It also brings up a lot of questions about um, uh, native and indigenous people and sort of the uh, uh, you know the the mass marketed Thanksgiving story versus uh, uh, you know w- w- uh, 
what really happened in in American history. But I think that what we what we can agree on, and you know, especially in light of of what we were just talking about, you know, how how sort of quickly all of this goes that. Um, a day that we can take to to be together um, and to be thankful for what we do have um, and uh, to share some of that as we uh, as we've talked about with the people who do very meaningful volunteer work, including Jeff right here. And in fact, right now we are we are uh, volunteer hosts here at WBAI, but specifically Jeff um, uh, serving meals, uh, Thanksgiving meals this morning. Uh, you know, it's 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 important to to recognize that even if the holiday doesn't mean the same thing to everybody, uh, the idea that we can take a moment to appreciate what we have and what we can do for other people, I think is is worth doing. Yeah, I think it was also something that I was raised to believe that mm-hmm. it's important to help others around you. I mean, I could remember from my earliest age in grade school and high school and college, you know, volunteering, yeah. uh, you know, whether it was coat drives or, or collect, you know, collecting for, I'm trying to remember if it was, I think, UNICEF mm-hmm. uh, at some point. And even before I moved to New York City, I was, I grew up in New Jersey. So frankly, it was so close to New York city. I felt like I was a New Yorker, but coming in every Sunday for a while to volunteer in a soup kitchen on the upper West side, if I remember correctly, I'm getting much older now. So of course I'm forgetting this, but, uh, you know, it, you know, right now, a lot of the nonprofits I work with, I still find a way to help them beyond, you know, my job because it's, I see the people that they're helping and that has been so important. Yeah, and it's it's it, it is rewarding to see when uh, uh, something you do and something that you know maybe doesn't take a bunch of time, doesn't take a bunch of money. It just takes it just takes the commitment. It just it just means showing up. So uh, thank you to all of you who have shown up today for this uh, edition of Driving Forces, and uh, for all of you who will continue to show up. It is a a pleasure to be on the air with you every Thursday at five p.m. So we also want to thank today our engineer, Reggie. Thank you, Reggie. Thank you very much for joining us. And if you missed if you missed any part of the show and want to listen again, MP3 download is going to be available at WBAI.org. Go to Archives, then Driving Forces. And you can also check us out on Facebook and also SoundCloud and also Twitter. Celeste, thanks very much for uh, coming in with me today. And Reggie, again, thank you very much. And to our listeners, happy Thanksgiving. is WBAI New York at 99.5 FM and WBAI.org online. The previous program was Driving Forces, hosted and produced by Celeste Katz and Jeff Simmons. Heard 
um, Thursdays at 5 p.m. And before we go into the WBAI evening news, I would be remiss if I did not play this thing. Something that I play every year around this time is it's 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 a day a Thanksgiving prayer by William S. Burroughs. And if anyone who knows anything about William Burroughs, you know he has a particular point of view on certain things as he saw the world in his perspective. And with that said, I present to you a Thanksgiving prayer by William S. Burroughs. For John Dillinger in hope he is still alive. Thanksgiving Day, November 28th, 1986. Thanks for the wild turkey and passenger pigeons destined to be out through wholesome American guts. Thanks for a continent to despoil and poison. Thanks for Indians to provide a modicum of challenge and danger. Thanks for vast herds of bison to kill and skin, leaving the carcasses to rot. Thanks for bounties on wolves and coyotes. Thanks for the American dream to vulgarize and falsify until the bear lies shine through. Thanks for the KKK for killing lawmen feeding their notches. For decent church-going women with their mean, pinched, bitter, evil faces. Thanks for Kill a Queer for Christ stickers. Thanks for laboratory aids. Thanks for prohibition and the war against drugs. Thanks for a country where nobody is allowed to mind his own business. Thanks for a nation of finks. Yes, thanks for all the memories. All right, let's see your arms. You always were a headache and you always were a bore. Thanks for the last and greatest betrayal of the last and greatest of human dreams. Okay, that was a Thanksgiving prayer by William S. Burroughs. And there you have it. We're going to go into some announcements. And then after that, the WBAI Evening News at 6 p.m. Stay tuned. November is National Native American Heritage Month, so come spend the evening with me, John Kane, from WBAI's Let's Talk on Thursday, November 29th at 7 p.m. 
I will be hosting a free screening of Even the Rain, a powerful film that demonstrates the brutal acts committed against Native peoples by Columbus and his men and the violence and exploitation that continues even now. This Spanish-language film layers history, racism, and the plight of Indigenous peoples in a unique plot that recreates the past and strikes at the issues of today. And I want to extend a special invitation to our Spanish-speaking friends to help us catch all the nuances of the film. So come celebrate our special month by joining us at the Brooklyn Commons, 388 Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn, New York. That's Thursday, November 29th, 7 p.m. for Even the Rain. Like many of you, like many Americans, I have felt frustrated and betrayed by the state of the mainstream media in this country. A media whose 